Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion, Kitisa. Can you handle the truth? Well, we're in the Academy Awards time of year, which is a major yuntiv in our house, I should say, of watching. Are you, are you big Academy Awards watchers? No, not really. Not since like, uh, you know, Steve Martin or Billy Crystal, those guys used to do the intros. I'm dating myself, but when they used to do the uh, introductions, I always used to watch because those were funny. But um, and I don't get out to see as many movies as I used to. So I I don't really follow it as closely. Yeah. Jan and I, we um, will watch um, all of the uh, Academy Award nominee films. We try to do that so we can kind of but it's easy now because most of them are uh, streaming vehicle where you can watch do you have a favorite this year so far uh, you know um we watched uh, a couple but we saw zone of interest we actually ventured into a movie theater can you believe that great yeah i know we came and i think there was about five other people <laughs> but zone of interest was a very interesting film very well done i will be interesting to see what happens with it I was thinking about, you know, the film A Few Good Men. Remember that film? Uh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah. That was an amazing scene with Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? Oh, the one everybody remembers is um, You Can't Handle the Truth, right? Like, uh, isn't that the, that's the, probably the most famous line from that movie. I, exactly. And it's a, such a great line. And he delivered it. It was only Jack Nicholson good, but there's so much to it. I was thinking, yeah. And do you know what, Jonathan, this actually has a tie-in to this week's Parsha. I don't know how you do that. Every time you find a connection, it's almost like you've studied this Torah or something. Uh, something, right. You be the judge, as you always are. Here's the setup as to why I think that this applies. The story of the golden calf, I think we know it pretty well. Moses goes up the mountain to receive the Torah, And he's up there for a long time. And the people grow impatient and they're also afraid because Moses is the only one who is the um, intercessor between the people and God. And so now what? So they need some sort of intermediary because they think that maybe Moses is dead. And so in their fear, they build this golden calf to be their intercessor, which is the whole essence of idolatry. And Moses, meanwhile, is up on Sinai, at Sinai, and God sends him back down. And a very dramatic scene, Moses is standing with Joshua, who walked Moses partway up the mountain. And Joshua says, there's a cry of war in the camp because the people are dancing around this calf and they're, they're you know, kind of breaking out into this orgiastic moment. And so Moses responds and says, it's not the sound of the tune of triumph or the sound of the tune of defeat. It is the sound of song that I hear. In other words, there's a celebration going on down there. And it's not a good one. And as soon as Moses sees the people dancing around this golden calf, he takes the tablets and he smashes them. Now, the Ten Commandments is very cool because you watch the whole thing. You know, it hits the golden calf and it all explodes. But the pyrotechnics aren't really in the Torah itself. And the question is, what the heck is going on here? Those tablets were written by God. The second set of tablets, Moses is going to have to write. 
the first set of tablets, God wrote them. So this is, you know, this is a definition of holy writ. So how do you explain, Jonathan, that Moses decided to break the tablets? I promise we're going to come to a few. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to say that it has something to do with the clue you gave me from Jack Nicholson that, you know, you can't handle the truth. Um, whatever was on those tablets must have been pretty powerful. And and, and you've got to be worthy of, of those commandments. You've got to be worthy of, of the words of God. And it looks like uh, Moses comes down and decides that uh, the people down there can't handle it. I'm going to build on that because I, th I, I think it's more than that because you're a person given to generosity of the spirit. I'm going to say that those tablets were dangerous. Mm. They're dangerous because... The consequences for something like idol worship and many other commandments is death itself. So if Moses would have given them the tablets, they would have been totally responsible. And there wouldn't be any argument in the world that Moses could have offered to God to save this people. They would have bought the death penalty. So in a way, Moses is breaking the tablets, according to the rabbis, to protect the people from the law that God wants to give them. Wow. Um, I was thinking about it differently. I was thinking that if he'd shown them what was on those tablets, that they would have received the error of their ways. Maybe this would have been so powerful that they would have immediately realized that the golden calf had to go and that would have been their first step toward redemption. I think that's a brilliant, beautiful idea. But it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, it's also a huge risk. If we kind of track this back, from the very onset of Moses' interaction with the Israelites, once God gives him the call to take the people out of Egypt, these people have been, you know, the definition of recalcitrant. They don't want to go. And they rebel against Moses again and again. Even when they're after the plagues, when Moses is, standing with them at the Sea of Reeds, they respond to him and say, did you take us out of Egypt because there were not enough graves? Here is the Egyptians are coming after us. They're already in rebellion mode. And now Moses has gone up the mountain and the people are rebelling. So maybe they're just not ready. And you can take the slave out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of the slave. You can't take the slavery away from them. Why does God waste God's time producing these tablets in the first place, if he knows that these people are recalcitrant and not worthy yet or not ready yet for these words? Well, that's a great question. I think it's a great question. Uh, do you want to ponder an answer? Well, I mean, the golden calf is obviously another sign of their weakness, but that's, that gets back to my point, my original point. Like, if they're aspirational, if this is meant to, um, to help them overcome their recalcitrance and they, their sinful ways, then why does this additional sin of, of the golden calf? I don't know that Moses is giving up on them, but I do think that they weren't ready for the truth. Mm -hmm. you know, to put it in Jack Nicholson's words, they weren't ready for the Torah. God believes that they are. This is a, this is a tension in the Torah, that God sees the best of us even when we don't see it ourselves. The problem is, is the stakes are very high but there's not mo much margin of error here for the Jewish people. I think that's, that's, the, that, that's a large part of the challenge for Moses. If I give it to them, they may destroy them. In fact, God wanted to destroy them. 
So Moses wasn't wrong about that. And so what so the whole rest of the desert experience, you might argue, is this kind of evolving sense that the people become who they can be, who they should have been, who the law believes them to be. We can take the American experience and look at the um, uh, foundational documents of this country, which paint a picture of a democratic nation where people are participating in this democracy. It's a really remarkable vision. We're still trying to get it right. We're still trying to figure out what it means to be a democracy. Anybody who pays any attention to what's going on in Congress now should wonder, like, where are we in this process? We're still struggling. But that's part of the human experience as well. That doesn't mean you don't give them the law. And what's going to happen? Moses can go up the mountain, and God is going to make Moses, this is an interesting point, God's going to make Moses write the tablets himself. So God continued to believe in the people, even when Moses tried to not even give them the law because they couldn't even follow it, right? So it's really Moses who's, who's not trusting the people. God seems to be saying that, to give them time, they'll learn. Um, and, and Moses is the one who gets frustrated and destroys the tablets. And then God says, let's do this again. And um, it's it's really um, Moses who has to learn to trust the people here, it seems like. And I'm not sure Moses actually ever does that. I think Moses has trouble with that. I think that the, the, the larger idea is that God continues to believe in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. And I think that that's a very powerful idea, especially at a time when things feel so binary. Everything is either or. I'm in this camp and you're in that camp. And if you're in that camp, I can't talk to you. I can't deal with you. You are beyond saving. You know, we hear that Mm -hmm. a lot lately. Right? This election is going to roll around and that's very much a part of what's on people's minds. Like, oh, are you one of those? And once you go down that road, I don't, you know, is there really any coming back from that? It's a really horrible time in that way. Yeah, but I guess the message is that we can handle the truth. At least God thinks we can handle the truth. So let's try this. If you could go back to, I don't know, 1775, 1776, okay? And you could take the signers of the Constitution and the writers of the Declaration of Independence. You could bring them to the United States right now, and they could spend two days in Washington. And now we take them back to 1776, 1775, right? Same day. And you say, okay, now that you've seen what is going to happen in America, would you still sign this document and give this to the American people? What do you think? They knew this document was flawed, and they knew that it was a, it was a full of promises that would, weren't going to be fulfilled in their lifetimes. I mean, they were confronted with the fact it's not as if they just failed to notice that all men were not being treated equally, even though they wrote that all men were created equal. So they knew this was an aspirational document. So, yeah, I guess they would have to conclude that there was still work to be done, but they weren't. I don't think they would uh, rip it up and, and say, forget about it, never mind. So that they didn't break the tablets. Right. They gave them no matter what. And maybe that's the, that's the lesson. 
that even though we fail more than we succeed, the potential of greatness remains in us. So Jack Nicholson is wrong to say you can't handle the truth. Well, we can only find that out by giving people the truth and then building from there. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a good lesson. I think I agree, and uh, and it uh, will cause me to rewatch the movie and and reconsider. It's coming. It's coming.、Again. You know, you gotta you gotta watch it. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi.